Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. All right, uh, this uh, Friday going into a long weekend, oftentimes you're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, it's a long weekend, we're going to go swimming. Uh, but not uh, in some of the lakes that you normally would want to. It seems that the blue-green algae stuff has shown up a little bit earlier than normal this year. A little bit. And uh, so we want to check out where they are, what the problem is, where does this come from, what do you need to do? Apparently yeah. 13 advisories in place for Alberta lakes, and most of them just issued in the last few days. Jay White is a certified Alberta professional biologist, has all the answers we're looking <laughs> for. Right, Jay? You betcha. Anything I can do to help Jay Lynn and Daryl. Uh-huh. Awesome, Jay. <laughs> let's let's start with this. So, uh, what is blue-green algae? Like, where does it come from? Yeah, it's the it's the bad kind of algae. Lakes, our our freshwater lakes have two kinds of algae: a good green algae, and then this other little bugly that's more of a, a, a relationship between a bacteria and an algae, and it has the ability ability to fix nitrogen from the atmosphere. So when things when things uh, warm up and their conditions are still, these guys can take nitrogen out of the atmosphere and make prolific blooms. And we might not see these until they're starting to die and then they float to the surface and then you get this paint colored stain on the water. It could be blue, it could be blue, it could be green, but you'll know when you're in it, it's long filamentous, it sticks to you. And, it's, and when it starts to break down, it's really stinky. Why do we get it and some other lakes in other parts of the country don't? Yeah, it's an imbalance in... So Dave Schindler originally studied this back in the 60s. It's an imbalance of one nutrient, and that's phosphorus. And when you have phosphorus in limited supply in a freshwater system, it sets things up for these bad kind of algae to get a competitive advantage and to bloom. And they just outcompete everything else in the lake. They have no predators. There's nothing that eats it or uses it up. Mm. So they just... Uh, do what bacteria does, and that's proliferate very quickly. Uh-huh. And these blooms can be mid-column. They can be at the surface. But, of course, when they die, mostly their vacuoles, the little gas bubbles that they have inside die, and they float to the surface. And that's when we know what's going on. Jay, does the, 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 the big rain that we had last week, does that uh, play a role in it? No, it's 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 hot days. So we've had, days, we've okay. had the, the perfect... The li- literally that we had the holy trinity we had a uh, low snowpack this spring we had a lack of spring runoff and we had a rapid warming of, of lakes mm. this spring because of the hot dry conditions and now you know you leave you leave add no wind to all of that and it's the perfect recipe for these guys to proliferate is there anything we can do about it or do we m- risk messing up more of the ecological balance by trying to do something man-made to fix it so so two two yeah. sides of that question can we and yeah. should we yep yeah and actually there's sort of two answers to that question that's a great question so we can treat the symptoms uh the bacteria are quite fragile and so you can use a product now now this is all subject to getting an approval i can't just advocate the use of this but <laughs> In some privately owned lake and privately managed lakes, it's it's and 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 dugouts and uh, say stormwater ponds, you can use uh, products like like peroxide or other powerful oxidizers that can kill the bacteria because they're pretty fragile. They're easy to kill, and that is incredibly successful at knocking out the bloom. But you're only knocking out the symptom. If you really want to go after what's causing the bloom, which is that excess phosphorus, 
in the system. It's just the same stuff when you pick up that fertilizer bag and it's got an N to P to K ratio on mm-hmm. it. That middle number is phosphorus. That's phosphate. And it's the same stuff that, that runs off our lawns and that, you know, potentially is overused by agriculture and makes its way into our fresh waters that causes these blooms. And we're, we're already set up in Alberta because we're on nice, thick, phosphorus-rich glacial till that the glaciers dragged here from Ontario and Quebec about 12,000 years ago. <laughs> so we're already precariously sitting on very phosphorus-rich soils, which is why we have you know great agricultural conditions that we do. But our lakes, unfortunately, tend to suffer. And they run the gamut of you know headwater lakes <clears throat> in the Rockies that have none of that sediment. Mm. And so they're crystal clear. And we've got Lake Louise and those beautiful, beautiful green lakes. And then you get out onto the middle of the prairies and you look around and you go, whoa, this isn't what Alberta tourism advertised. <laughs> <laughs> but there are products. <laughs> there are products that uh, we can use to go after that phosphorus. And so, again, these need to be approved. But there's products like alum. So I know that Alberta Conservation Association and uh, the, the Trout Unlimited group in Edmonton are using alum in Rainbow Park Pond. Uh, we weave a quality environmental. My company has used alum at uh, a couple of our private lakes that we help manage in the city. And then, of course, in Henderson Lake and Lethbridge, we applied a product called Phoslock many, many years ago. And it did an incredible job at locking that phosphorus up and, and not letting it ever go again. So it's bound and it's keeping it tied up in the sediment so that that algae can't get a foothold. Jay, what does uh, blue-green algae do to the critters in the lake, like to the fish and stuff? Mm. That's a great question. So it doesn't have any directly harmful effects, but when you take that much organic matter, that much food, and you kill it, and you let it drop to the bottom, the other bugs that live in the bottom, those consumers, the the things that break down all your products at the bottom of the water column, they blow up. They really grow and grow and grow. And again, with, with bacteria, you get logarithmic growth, which is incredibly fast growth, and they'll use up all the oxygen at the bottom of the water column, and that can cause localized fish kills. So yeah, we often do see uh, following a big prolific algal bloom is either dissolved oxygen sags in the in the water or outright fish kills. And you'll start to see some of your more sensitive, bigger, older fish start to float because they they like to have uh, lots of lots of cold water oxygen. Hmm. Uh, what does it do to people and pets? Uh, so why do we avoid yeah. them? Yeah, we, we most I think most clear thinking people are going to avoid uh, swimming in a bloom like that. You, you you wouldn't want to. It's gross. It's unsightly. It's uh, you can't see in it. Uh, it. It looks like something one ought to stay away from. But <laughs> of course, pets don't have that luxury. And you know, see your dog might hop in the water. And this is how I got into working at Lackland Dunn, for instance. As a gentleman I knew, his dog jumped in the water. You know, within an hour of coming out of that water uh, and licking its fur, it it died. It, oh it, really? It happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's dozens dozens of pets that die each year in Alberta from ingesting um, these these blue green algae that get stuck to their fur. So it's it is it is unfortunate. And there have been human deaths uh, recorded around the world as well. So it is it is kind of nasty that way. But for the most part, yeah, we we would know to stay, to, to not swim in that. And and when Alberta Health posts uh, an advisory, they're not quote-unquote closing the lake. There's a lot of, of mis, misinformation around that. They're just saying that, you know, be aware that blue-green is in the in the area. And one of the best things you can do most of the time is just boat to someplace away, up upwind, up, up preferably, because the wind will blow these things around, and they usually end up at the east side of the shores because they get blown that way from prevailing winds. Mm-hmm. 
and just go to a different bay and swim there. Okay, so but if your dog gets in there, can you just do we just ho- hose yep. him down immediately? You know, soap yep. him down. Yep. Okay. Yeah, soap him down. You just want to hose that off and soap that down. Absolutely for sure. If you see anything that looks like um, it's grass clippings. Okay. It, it, yeah, yeah. Why would there be grass clippings looking on my dog? But there, some of them can be long chains like that. Some of them can look like cows' eyeballs. Some of them are bright pink. Oh. And so, yeah, I saw kids. So people have drilled, you know, ice ice augering holes in the winter time. And there'll be a, 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 a overwintering uh, bloom, and all of a sudden, the screaming pink water will come out. <laughs> Lots of panic phone calls have come to the Alberta Environment and Parks over the years about about these these uh, these kind of funny looking algae that we have. Some of them look like cows' eyeballs, so you can imagine ca- cows' eyeballs floating on your lake. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, that's great. Well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay, thanks for this. Really appreciate it. We learned a lot this morning. Great oh, talking with you. My pleasure. All right. Well, thank you both. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, Good. take it easy. Bye. Isle Lake, uh, Enchant Municipal Park, Lower Tarion Lake, Gregoire Lake, Twin Valley Reservoir, Lassard Lake, Steel Lake, Skeleton Lake, Baptiste Lake, Pine Lake, Moose Lake, Shorncliffe Lake, and Muriel Lake all have advisories in place right now. Don't swim with the cow's eyes uh, or the blooms, whatever. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to November. Yes, we are. Why, Why are we talking Grey Cup? We'll tell you next. You're listening to This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chad. Ever buy something, put it in the pantry, and it was lost forever? Say goodbye to lost groceries thanks to Reface Magic. The Reface Magic team can redesign your pantry with rotating and modular shelves to help you access your full pantry. No more searching for those lost items. Discover the many ways Reface Magic can transform your space with a free in-home consultation, family-owned and operated for over 20 years. Visit refacemagic.ca. So as mentioned, we'll talk a little Grey Cup next. And if you haven't heard, yes, indeed, Reed Wilkins filling in on the uh, sports desk this morning. So he's still to come as well. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Never gonna give This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chad, Edmonton's News, today's talk. And in the Canada Day long weekend, yeah, middle, you know, the beginning of July. <laughs> would you be thinking about sitting in the stands and on a cold weather day watching a little Great Cup football? Not normally, but you are today. Because yeah, today is the day. Uh, well, tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow. Sorry, I thought it was today. Tomorrow's the day. You're right. Tickets go on sale for the 2023 Grey Cup. It's in Hamilton this year. And we have the general manager of that Grey Cup festival, Jerry Fonzo, joining us on the phone. Jerry, how you doing? Good. Yourself. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Jalen, for having me. Yeah, nice to have you. So uh, how pumped is Hamilton to, to, to host the Grey Cup? Well, we're pumped. But yes, you're right. Tomorrow's the special day. Um, not today, but also when you talk about the weather, remember Hamilton's a little bit different than Edmonton. Right? <laughs> I, I still expect the positive ten or twelve degrees outside on uh, on Grey Cup Sunday. Uh, oh. sun. uh, the eternal right, the eternal optimist to play the role <laughs> of general manager. Right. 
Oh, that's funny. Uh, you really do have to plan this early. Why do you have to have tickets on sale you know, basically five months before the, uh, the big event? Oh, great question. So you're right. The planning would start almost 12 months in advance. I think we start building our staff and everything, uh, all the plans in place back in January. Um, but in this case, you're right. I think for, for us, we set it up that all Ticat season seat holders, um, as well as all the other CFL team season seat holders, do get first access to tickets before the general public on sale. Um, so that kind of, that whole process takes a few months. So we've gone through that now. And we've arrived to uh, the last day of that. But now tomorrow, beginning at 10 a.m., it opens to the general public. Okay, so for a general public, what do they need to know about uh, about tickets, prices, seating? Let us uh, fill us all in, Jerry. Perfect. So, yeah, we have some affordable pricing. So tickets start as low as one twenty nine, and uh, for Hamilton especially, we try to make sure the tickets are affordable. So we have about three price points below two hundred dollars. And what they need to know for tomorrow is uh, the tickets are on sale obviously 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and um, and they just visit Ticketmaster.ca. And if they're looking for any other information or some of the great images that we've created that we can even talk about right now too, is uh, you can see that all on our Ticats website at Ticats.ca. Uh, so you already had season tickets getting first uh, first dibs. How many tickets do you have left? Is it, normally there's lots of selection for the general public still. Right. Great question. Yeah, yeah, no. And in our case, too, our stadium generally holds around $24,000 mm-hmm. uh, 24, seats for a regular game. Um, for us, we're going to be expanding to stadium to around 31000 So there will be plenty of seats available uh, for tomorrow for fans to grab from. Um, even we have, we do have a large seat holder base, but plenty of tickets. We're still expecting, you know, thousands of visitors from every market uh, to be able to fly into Hamilton, enjoy the whole festival week, not just the game itself. And, uh, and enjoy the game. Jerry Fonso is the general manager of the 2023 uh, Grey Cup Festival. Always a blast, the Grey Cup Festival. Uh, had so much fun uh, last time it was in town here in Edmonton. Jerry, what's what's planned? I know you don't want to give away all of the secrets at this point because there'll be surprises, people being announced, all that sort of stuff. But uh, what can you tell us about uh, that whole that whole Grey Cup week in itself? Yeah, so when you guys host the Grey Cup in 2018, and I know that team very well now because I've been with the club for a long time here in Hamilton, um, I was there in in, uh, in Edmonton for 2018, and the festival was incredible. Um, I think they hit on everything from uh, for adults and family-friendly stuff as well as free, and I think that's important for us when we bring that to the festival. Now, as you said, a little bit ahead ourselves, we're going to be launching our festival and all the great plans in the coming weeks. Uh, which will basically be, you know, very similar to that. What are all the adult entertainment we could do? What can we pro- provide for free for uh, family outings and students to kind of get out of school and early and come on down? <laughs> uh, so we'll be executing similar ideas to that. And uh, and I think we'll be, I, I'm looking at probably mid-August when we're going to be ready to launch what that plan is. Uh, but very excited, trying to pull all the tricks of our sleeves and uh, making sure we can showcase the best of Hamilton. What about halftime show? good question everybody always wants to know um we are getting closer that is something that is obviously run by the league the cfl itself Mm -hmm. uh, but we work very closely with them um i'm not sure when they actually plan on announcing it but i know they're working through it right now so i would assume same thing that won't be too long yeah Uh, but yeah we're we're very excited to get that announced as well awesome parties in hamilton uh in november jerry fonzo general manager 2023 great cup festival thanks for your time this morning have fun getting ready for this Thanks very much. Appreciate it, guys. Okay. Have a good one. You Bye. betcha. The greatcupfestival.ca, the website to check everything out. You know there'd be a ton of Edmontonians. <laughs> well, we always show up for a party. That's what we do. <laughs> this is the Crystal Glass Sports Desk on 630 Chan.
Reed Wilkins taking care of uh, sporting business this morning. Hi, Reed. Yeah, business is right. That's what you talk about a lot now with sports. Mm-hmm. Well, the, money. Well, the money side. I mean, yeah. We were just talking about the cap in the NHL. So Yamamoto's traded, frees up $3.1 million. Mm-hmm. Connor Brown seems like a pretty sure thing that he's going to come in free agency. Maybe a low-value contract with bonuses mm. if he does perform coming off an injury. Now you're re-signing... Ryan McLeod, you're re-signing Evan Bouchard. Are they going to keep Yanmark and or Bugstad? Both the ghost guys are unrestricted, so will they go to the market? Might they lock them up ahead of time? And yeah, it's just over eight million bucks the Oilers have to to divide up amongst wow. those five players, or maybe some other guys, and maybe there's still trades throughout the summer. But money is still. Uh, tight, uh, you know, even with Yamamoto being traded, but that's why, you know, Ken Holland said he had to make this deal. You know, I talked to Clem Costin's agent um, uh, multiple times, really was negotiating against the KHL, so uh, knew we weren't going to be able to uh, find a way to keep him, so obviously had to trade a player. Steve Ivan was really interested in Clem Costin, and uh, um, you know, obviously uh, $3 million for Yamo, I had to get some money off the cap. Now, Stoff's got Oilers now from noon to two today. Tyler Wright's going to be on the show, director of amateur scouting for the Oilers, so he'll go over some of the draft picks yesterday. Elks cover starts at four, game at 5.30 with Jared Dagey at quarterback. Uh, you know, the Red Blacks have, Morley was talking about it, like everybody was talking about their home losing streak because it's 13, but unfortunately the Elks is longer at uh, 19. Uh, Stingers lost last night by two points to Scarborough at the Expo Center. Riverhawks mm-hmm. lost 9-6 to Bellingham. They play again tonight. Then we got our fireworks game tomorrow. Blue Jays beat the Giants 2-1. And a uh, quick shout-out to a great annual event in our city. The Brick Invitational starts Monday at West End. How many teams in that? There are. I got the schedule right here. There are 14. 14. 14 teams. So Team Brick Alberta starts at 9-10 a.m., on Monday against the Toronto Bulldogs. I mean, that that tournament's just been going on uh, forever. The and NHL alumni huge, right? is, is incredible when you see the players that have come through, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it, there's always a lot of energy there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's and I mean, it's free hockey in the first week of July if yeah. you're walking through West End. Oh, there's a game going on. <laughs> and, That's pretty cool. It's still amazing to me, and the pressure on some of these kids to make these these teams, but it's the stars of tomorrow mm-hmm. that you well, can they, see. Well, it really is. I mean, some of the top kids are already identified identified as, well, I guess, what would be their draft year, eight years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Reed. Oh my gosh, yeah. Thanks, Reed.